Hey, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm Daniel, this is Nate, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about a yearly habit that I think, for my part, I don't know about you, Nate, but for my part, has been incredibly helpful for me over the last decade. Um, this mm. yearly rhythm of taking stock, seeing what I've learned, and deciding how is this next year going to be different. It, it, it comes to mind because I recently recently had a coaching call with a client of mine, and he was just laying all this stuff out in the call, figuratively speaking. He had all these things. And I don't care if you have one student in your studio or a thousand students in your studio, there has to be a way of taking the chaos that's in one's mind, making sense of it, putting it to rest, and moving forward. And mm. I think a rhythm of doing that on a daily, weekly, quarterly, and yearly basis is really not only valuable to your business profits and effectiveness, your ability to deliver on promise, but probably more importantly, it keeps you sane as an owner. So what I mm. thought we'd do today in the episode is, Nate, let's just get a little personal and talk about what we learned, respectively, in 2022, the observations we made, and how we're moving forward in 2023. How does that sound? Yeah, I love it. Perfect timing. Just been through my whole writing and reflection period on this. So yeah, uh, let's absolutely dive in and share. And um, I've pulled up my notes on what I wrote to myself and I'm ready to share as much as I'm comfortable sharing on a public forum. Absolutely. <laughs> and I will say that you know we're recording this a little bit closer to the beginning of the year than when people will be hearing this. And as a result, it might feel, if you're listening or watching, if you're on YouTube, it might feel like, oh, you know, I've kind of missed my opportunity. I don't think that's true. There have been years where <laughs> there have been years where I was so confused as to how to move forward that I was still doing planning as late as March in yeah, terms yeah. of like trying to figure out what I wanted to make of that particular year. So um, maybe to start out with, let me just give a template for what it is that I do. And Nate, I know I'll do the mine. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say maybe you could jump in with that as well, and then we can perhaps wrap. I know we're already talking about wrapping, but um, we can perhaps wrap by talking about how that has served us in this particular planning period for 2023. So for me, a lot of times it looks back like going back and reading the previous year's reflections. Yeah, maybe even investigating, um, maybe even investigating years way gone by and then kind of going through this period of looking at personal looking at professional and taking stock of what i really really want to do more of what i want to do less of um emptying as tim ferris calls it emptying my monkey mind of like all this just head trash and these sorts of things and, and literally just writing it out and and for me in the month of january a lot of that looked like early morning typing, not physically writing, but because I type really, really fast. So I can't stand to write because it feels too slow. Um, but it looks like typing into a document. And there were days where I was just spending three hours typing all this stuff out, thinking, making lists, thinking about the professional, thinking about the personal. That's kind of a very rough, high overview of the process I go through. 
I encourage anyone listening, you can totally borrow it. I won't be upset that you stole it. Nate, how about you? Mm. What's your process look like? I've currently, I, I used to do a different process, but over the last few years, I've been testing out uh, Michael Hyatt's Living Forward process. Mm. And essentially, he does something where I'll, I'll do a quick recap on, on the steps. Um, but you start by writing your eulogy as if you were to die today. How would the people in your life remember you? What would actually what would they actually say about you? That can be very difficult. It was tough, tough for me. Second thing you do is you identify key relationships in your life. So, for example, my key relationships are, you know, starting with um, my, uh, you know, my partner, my wife. I have a key relationship in my case. You know, I'm a Buddhist, so Buddha is a key relationship. Like God might be your relationship, or if you're not spiritually, you might not have that character. And then it goes down to my children, um, my, my immediate family, et cetera. So you identify key relationships. I also, by the way, Daniel, have colleagues in there. I have my creative partners, my friends that I'm that I'm making music and right, making records with. Those are in uh, relationships. Um, from there. Um, I actually do a writing, how will these key re people remember me, right? So it's different than the eulogy. The eulogy, you're actually imagining someone speaking in a, uh, in a sort of a, a contained amount of time about you. The key relationships are like, how do I want my wife to remember me whenever that is? How, what do I want her to think about when she thinks about me? Um, it reminds me of the of the um, Oprah Winfrey quote, you know, which is like, people don't remember what you've done. They remember how you made them feel. Mm. Right. So it's really, it's really a heart centered writings piece there. Um, from there, I go to different categories in my life and I actually grade them. So the categories that I have are like health, which is physical and mental health, finances and giving. That's a really important one. It never worked for me to just be financial that always felt to me like wealth daniel so instead as financial and generosity like the giving piece is really important to me what percentage of any income are actually being given to causes that are really important to me um i put uh they they call hobbies i put creativity because that's such a foundational value for me and then the other few pieces are marital um social so like friends career and then finally, I have one that's just called spiritual awakening because it's a really important piece in my life. So I actually grade those. And then based on the grading, I look at where uh, each one of those needs my attention. Um, so that's my template. By the way, the last piece I do is I write a eulogy for the future. So let's say I were to develop the life that I hope, how would then people remember me? You know, um, and I do a variation on that where I say, where will I be in one year? That's usually just like a page. It's not like long writing. And that can be a sort of a sort of achievement focused. But I don't mean that only in like, I'll make this much money. You know, mm. um, it's it should be a little deeper than that. But where will I be in one year and where will I be in three years? Got it. And if I'm feeling inspired, I add a where will I be in five years? But sometimes I just run out of energy and I'm done reflecting and it's time to move on with my life. <laughs> so that's my template. Okay. Hopefully people picked up on that. Yeah, for sure. 
I don't know about you, but I didn't get an owner's manual when I started my music school. And I wasted a lot of time on trial and error and making things up as I went along. But you don't have to do that. Nate and I are building a library of resources and tools exclusively for fans of this podcast. Go to growyourmusicstudio.com slash 7FMS and sign up to receive podcast updates, free resources, and even submit questions for us to answer on the podcast. That's growyourmusicstudio.com slash 7FMS. And we look forward to answering your questions. I think the meta of all this is Nate's got his, I've got mine. You can go check out what Michael Hyatt's look like. You, Tim Ferriss has one that he published on his blog years ago. Almost every major figure out there has probably published this. I think less important than the form that fits most naturally for you, or if you even invent your own form, is just the fact that you do it. Yes. I think that reflective piece is really important, and I can see the consistency that's created in my life by just committing to the habit. So this is where we're going to get a little more personal, Nate. And mm. um, I think I, I, I'll start, to, uh, if that's okay so, with you, or if that's what you prefer, and can just talk about something that I learned as a result of doing this practice. And I'm going to specifically choose something that I think will actually have value for everyone listening. I'm not just going to tell you something I learned about myself as I discovered myself in January. I, I want to focus on something that, or perhaps two things, that really just stood out to me um, mm. as I reflected over the past, and I'm going to say seven years, and I'm going to explain why I say seven years, um, and this past year. And then, Nate, if you've got questions, happy for you to ask questions or delve, and then we'll jump to you. And if I've got questions, I'll ask for you. Um, yeah. So two things that really stood out, that of the many things that stood out to me, I think will have most value for, the, for those listening. First, uh, we're coming up on seven years of Grow Your Music Studio being in existence. And so one of the things that I chose to do this year as I was reflecting not only the past year, but also my life in general, was to go back and read my entire journal from 2016. And just look at where I was when I started this whole journey and where I am now. And I think the thing that just the thing that stood out to me most was that all the things that I was setting out to do at that time, I did them. Mm. And all the things that I was struggling with that year were no longer struggles. What fascinated me though, and what hit me like a ton of bricks was that as I looked back at the goals that I had and the problems that I was choosing to engage with and the things that were taking up all my attention, whether they were obstacles or whether they were goals was that I feel now in hindsight that I'd set my sights too low. Mm. And as I reflected on this, what I brought to the present was if I could fast forward seven years in the future and look at Daniel in 2023, would he also say, Daniel was undershooting his potential at that time. Were, were his sights set too low? Were the problems that he was choosing to engage with, small problems, not worthy of his time? Because if I could go back with the perspective I have now, I would say that 
Daniel, the things that you're choosing to wrestle with here, you should have just dropped those, tackled bigger problems, and had bigger problems to handle. Mm. The way that I think that could apply to those listening is that, and again, and I'm going to wrap this particular one with a thought, uh, is that I will get on, I will get on a call later today with a, with the school owner and a half dozen this week. It's literally a half dozen, um, and I hear a lot of times I hear the same challenges over and over and over again, just from a different person. Um, and the challenges that come up. I look at people that are farther down the road and I look at how they're not even considering those as challenges and they have just found a way to overcome um, and, and choose to have bigger problems. So it's that classic, and I, I'm going to botch the quote, but it's that classic idea of find a goal that is worthy of you. And I would just say, I would challenge everyone in the audience to, to have a higher goal for yourself, to think more of yourself, to believe in yourself more. Um, and if you find that to be a challenge, find someone who can see something bigger for you. Daniel, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question on that hmm. small problem versus large problem. Hmm. Um, I'm going to, before I do that, I'm going to recommend a book that, that I've just finished reading that addresses exactly what you're talking about, which is imagining something greater. Um, this, this author, Gay Hendricks, uh, which my coach, recommended I read. Um, the book is called The Big Leap. He, You and I were talking about this the other day. He talks about the upper limit problem, that essentially we can't imagine greater opportunities for us, or in your words, bigger problems to solve. And so as a result, the moment we have sort of um, some one or some experience present something magical and big, we actually sabotage it. We self-sabotage yes. and, and go back to limiting ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. But I want to go to your question of small and large problems because, or your comment around that. Do you think that we need the experiential knowledge? Did the Daniel Patterson of 2016 actually need to go through solving those, as you put it, smaller problems at, to develop the wisdom to get to the point of today saying, ah, I can imagine something greater for myself. Right. I can imagine solving larger problems. Because that's the piece I'm always wondering. Thoughts? It is so fascinating you see that because that was literally the second point I was going to make. One of my coaches from my past, um, and I worked with her primarily 2017, mm. 2018. Her name was Melissa. She, at that time, I was, I was saying something similar. Uh, man, I, I can't believe it took to the time I was 34, 35 to, to make some of these realizations and get to the place I was hmm. even professionally then. And she said to me, Daniel, you can't skip your own evolution. What I will uh. say is that the coaches that I hired actually helped me accelerate that timeline. I grew up in a certain kind of family with a certain mm. mentality. I had a certain upbringing, an education. I had experiences, friends. All of these things were shaping factors and forces in my life. And I can't escape the destiny that those forces and factors helped pave the way for. But what I could do and what I did do was invest an awful lot of money with, in coaches and being around other high performers that helped me break out of those molds. What I would say well, is that yeah. the practical application of everything I'm saying here 
is that if you hear this and you're like, oh, my word, I do want something bigger. And that doesn't necessarily mean more money to your point, Nate. That doesn't necessarily mean um, that doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, I've got to build a school with a thousand kids in it. What it could mean is that if you feel something deep down when you hear me say that, surround yourself with people that are living the experience that you want to live. Surround yourself with the kind of business owners that have the business that you want to have. Get yourself a coach mm. that can see something bigger for you. That's, I think, the practical outcome of all that. Yeah, I would. Ex yeah, I like that you said surround yourself with the people because, um, you know, like this morning, in, I, you know, as you know, I go to the park with my dog Lulu, and there I am with my friend Barr, who's an old, old friend of mine, and we're running the stairs, and we're mm. uh, actually in the process of training for some tower races together. And he's just a friend that has always showed up to the park to work out with me for years and years and years. And I realized like at some point in my life, I was like, I want to put people around me who take their physical health. Uh, I don't, it's not like seriously. I don't, I, I just mean that want to show up consistently to take care of our body, you know? And I was like, huh? So there it is. And you talk a lot about how valuable like going to the gym is for you, et cetera. Like, I think those are practical examples, applications of what you're talking about. Start surrounding yourself with those friends and those experts that are, are, can, can, I love the language you use, by the way, choose, that accelerate your own evolution. You're not skipping steps. You're just maybe potentially moving a little bit quicker from stone to stone as you're crossing the river. Um, okay, here's some, I'm going to share, I'm going to, I'm going to limit myself to two insights as you did such a good job. Daniel, well, yourself to, I limited to myself two. to one, like I've got another whole one, but but I think okay, just okay, in the okay, no. of time, let's just hit one each. Yeah, I know. I don't want this to be. We we already we we challenged ourselves to do a thirty minute episode, so here we are. Um, there was a couple of insights I had. I'm going to share some of my results of my scoring of myself, um, just so that it's practical for people. The first was there's an area called lift. Michael Hyatt defines it as lift. It means this is a state where I'm having passion about something. I'm super energized by it but I'm not experiencing the progress that I wanted in my life. And three areas where that popped up for me were my health, my physical and mental health. Uh, my physical health, I, like I just said, I'm showing up to work out with my friend, but actually I kind of want to have a couple of moments in 2023 where I do something physically that feels beyond what I can, uh, could have imagined doing before, right? So that's one. Um, Finances and giving, that was an area where I just haven't seen the progress. I'm energized around improving it. For me, it's primarily making sure that uh, there's enough income that I don't have to be, that it doesn't trigger any of my money issues. So money, you, Daniel, you and I have talked a lot about this just you know, personally, but money is a trigger for me, right? It's a trigger that causes anxiety and fear, which is something that I've spent a lot of my time trying to rid myself of. And so um, the way I'm defining success moving forward in 2023 is that there's enough of an income and we're using, Jessica and I are using our finances wisely enough that I can, we can give more and more of it away to benefit others. Okay, so that's a definition of success as we move forward. I can't imagine yet being able to do it at the level I want. So that's why I'm putting it there saying, I wanna, I wanna progress in that way. Um, and then the third one that's around lift is creativity. For me, 
um, as I'm sure listeners we've talked about before, but you know, I moved to New York as a jazz pianist, made lots of records, toured the world with awesome musicians, um, always inspiring for me to be around them whenever I can. And the truth is that it hasn't been happening as much as I'd like. So my creative piece around just composing and sharing music, um, that's an area where I'm super energized, but I'm actually not putting out music to the world in a way that I think I'm capable of. So it's there. Um, so some of the insights, I'm not going to share the other fa- the other facet uh, of my other, you know, my other categories. I'm just going to stick with those for a minute and share the insights if I can. So the first one was that um, a lot of the ways that I've measured success for me, when I look back, as you did, Daniel, reading back your 2016 journal, I would go back and reread my where will I be in a year, where will I be in three years pieces. And oftentimes, I got stuck in this sort of data metrics for myself, where I'd be like, I said I was going to make this much money this year, or I said I was going to do, I was going to take this many weeks of time off, or da-da-da-da-da. And one of the sort of realizations for me this time, Daniel, was like, um, was around sort of, I'm going to use the term lightness, like the lightness and the levity of the work or the joy within which I'm doing work or spending time with my wife or spending time with my children or making music that I'm going to put out like beginning to measure success around the fact that day to day, I find myself to be quite peaceful and happy. Like we're recording this podcast. It feels very uh, natural for us, for me. So I'm like, okay, begin to think about measuring um, your success, or as you put it, that your own evolution in this area in different ways. So I'm, I'm beginning to think about that much more on a weekly and a daily basis. Like, can I, I'll put it in the most mundane tasks I have to do. I have to spend a bunch of time working on our marketing funnel for Brooklyn Music Factory. Can I work on improving uh, the lead gen system, but with levity and joy rather than, ugh, it's a thing I got to get off the to-do list. Just knock that out so I can go do something fun. Right. That's that's the first insight I have into my coming into the new year. Um, The second piece was around something as I was having dinner with and with actually he's an adult student of mine. We've been I've been teaching him for 12 years. And of course, he's become a really close friend. Um, And we spend a lot of time together. He's a really uh, super successful filmmaker and uh, he's a great artist and sells these big, huge canvases. Um, Anyways, we were having dinner together and we were talking about this idea of wealth. And I was telling him a little bit about my money story and imagining, you know, my own value. And he's like, and his comment was just so just was a zinger for me, which is, he's like, he's like, Nate, there's so many ways to measure wealth. And it just sort of made me realize, and it's connected to my lightness piece which is like, Daniel, you know, going into the new year, I'm recognizing that um, I need to expand my definition of wealth 
beyond the sort of obvious pieces that we think about. Like, are you, I mean, the most obvious is like, we talk about like, what is your personal net worth? Like that, that kind of stuff is just, there's, that's the most obvious version we're beat over the head with every day. But also like, you know, are you debt free? Are you being paid? You know, you and I were talking about this the other day about hourly. Are you making hourly what you think you're worth, et cetera? And my friend Marcus was just saying like, he's like, Nate, I think that you have the opportunity to expand your definition of wealth. Um, so I'm thinking a lot about that around like um, energy. I'm, am I, do I have a, an abundance of energy? Do I have an abundance of um, um, friendships and connections? Do, you know, like the list goes on and on, but that's what I'm working on. I don't have answers and solutions right now. I have a reflection, as this episode said, my reflection is, hey, this is a real opportunity for Nate as to redefine wealth or ex not redefine, mm -hmm. sorry, expand my definition of wealth. So that's me, Daniel. That's those are the two sort of metas coming out of it, and then a couple of specifics. Nice. Well, I hope this has been helpful for folks. This is a little <laughs> nice. bit more of a personal episode. Um, some reflections that we've both had the past year, and I think also highlighting just that process that I honestly believe everybody should have to run a business I do think you have to be more intentional you have to be more purposeful than the average person and one of my missions as a coach and as just someone who's been doing this for a while is to give other folks tools that I have personally benefited from and seen benefit a lot of people that I've worked with hey it's Nate again you know, every year at Brooklyn Music Factory, we get dozens and dozens of great reviews from our families. And you want to know how? Because we ask them. And they're happy to leave a review because of the positive impact that we've made on them. And so now I have a simple ask for you. If this podcast, the 7FMS podcast, was helpful to you, would you mind leaving a review for Daniel and I? And please... Share the podcast with another music school owner that you think might benefit. It's one of the best ways that you can support us. We appreciate it.